Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hey, if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today, I'm excited to tell you this is the 100th live episode of SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. We're thrilled to be here. Let me tell you about today's buzz. Well, this is part two of what we started last week. Such a big party. We had to keep it going. So here's the buzz. Millennials are here. Millennials are here. Our advice to today's fashion retailers, you better watch out. Let me do a little level setting before I read you what my ex guests have to say on this topic. Definition, the millennial generation, a.k.a. Gen Y, you know, there was an X, I hear there's a Z coming, we're on Y now, is the demographic cohort following Gen X. Well, that makes sense. Their birth dates range from the early 1980s to the early 2000s. So put on your little your little thinking cap in terms of how old they are right now. Uh, the publication Luxury Daily reports that over 50% of affluent millennials, millennials plan to increase fashion product spending during the next year, and 57% of these affluent millennials love to purchase luxury and designer brands. So, hey, you marketers and retailers out there, you better reel them in now because they're going to be spending for a long time to come. I have an amazing panel right now. We have five out of the six on the line. One's calling in, we hope, from the Dominican Republic. We'll wait for her later. But let me introduce you to the people we have. I'm going to read their quotes, and then we'll find out who they are. So first, I'm going to tell you about Tom. Tom Julian from the Doniger Group, who was on with us on part one last week. Tom says, and I quote, a celebrity today has more impact and influence as a player in fashion and the retailer than an award-winning young designer. Why? Because of the reach of the celebrity and their credibility. A buyer is looking for a home run, a full-on commercial, and a celebrity helps to give them that. But he says a celebrity might not always be successful, but dot, dot, dot. Tom Julian, in a couple of minutes, will fill in the blanks on that. Great quote, Tom. Thank you. Hello, Greg Bonnie. Gerard joining. Hi. Greg Gerard from IDC Retail Insights also joining us. And he says, this is interesting, get off the catwalks. I think that's a really old-fashioned term. That's a runway. Get off the catwalks and onto the sidewalks to see what's coming next. Guess what? Pinterest is the newest sidewalk. And guess who's on Pinterest? You're not going to believe it. Everyone, including what? Lowe's Home Improvement. We'll find out from Greg in just a minute. Who else is on Pinterest? That was a surprise to me. Newcomer to the panel today, the lovely Sarah Austin from Pop17.com. She has a great quote. She says, micro-celebrities... Fashion bloggers and Hollywood celebrities are the new trendsetters. Why? Because they embrace technology blogging platforms, social media, and photography to build their followers and sell products. A lot to hear from Sarah Austin today. and She's a celebrity in her own right. Joining us also hi. on the line is hi is Heidi Labarang from FSHN. Used to be a Bay Fashion Magazine, but it's FSHN now. And Heidi says bloggers and photographers with a significant following are now celebrities in their own right. You can now find get this everybody. You can find yourself rubbing shoulders with the bloggers. Where in the first row at Mercedes Benz Fashion Week? I know Heidi's been there. She'll tell us about it. She says fashion bloggers and photographers are considered as 
influential as publications. Wow. And rounding out the panel so far, we're still waiting for our, our model to join us, is Layla Saborian from SAP who helped put the show together. And Layla says, 88% of millennials admit to following every celebrity's move in weeklies and online. That's a quote, a statistic from the Young Entrepreneur Council. Layla adds, however, they don't want to be these celebrities. They only want to be entertained by them. Brands must understand the role of celebrities Celebrities with millennials. They're not just the ones to watch. They're the ones to inspire social shopping experiences. Wow, I got a panel for you. So join us for the next hour for more insights on, da-da-da-da-da, drum roll, please. Fashion retail, retailer alert, delight millennials or die. I love to say that. Part two. We are back. We are tweeting at hashtag SAP radio. Join the party. Tweet to us anything you want to say, questions you want to ask for my panel. We've got my runway tweeting. We've got Layla tweeting. We've got uh, Game Changers Radio. That's me. We've got Malcolm, my co-producer. So let's meet our panelists today. Tom Julian, welcome back. Tom is director of strategic business development for the Doniger Group. He was the founder and president of of the brand consultancy Tom Julian Group. He's got over 20 years in retail. He works with department stores and specialty chains, helping them bring strategic discipline as a branding expert. Tom Julian, welcome back. How are you today? Great, Bonnie. Greetings from New York City. Thank you. I can tell you here on Long Island it's sunny and lovely. Same thing there. I assume you're in the same weather pattern holding. Yes, yeah. Wonderful. Tom, thanks for coming back. This is going to be quite a panel. We've added a lot of interesting new voices, and I think they're all millennials, so we'll have our uh, generational challenge here. Thank you, Tom. And joining us also is Greg Gerard. He's the program director at IDC for Retail Insights, Merchandising, Marketing, and Retail Analytics Strategies. And he's going to bring up the word omnichannel. I know he is. He helps retailers find opportunities to improve their decisions with current, accurate, comprehensive, and trusted analytics. He's a 20-year veteran of retail technology. Greg Gerard, welcome back. How are you today? I'm well, Bonnie. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Were you at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, Greg Gerard? No, I was not. <laughs> we're we're going to have to find out from Haiti how to get you an invitation next year. I think you need to be. I'm looking at your picture, that stunning tie, those gorgeous glasses. We have to get you there. We'll, we'll see what we can do, Greg. And Tom, you too. Sarah Austin is joining us today. Sarah started covering digital issues for Forbes San Francisco in 2010. Her column appeared on the front page of Forbes.com and on her own startup blog. I mentioned in the intro, pop17.com. She now hosts and organizes, get this, a major startup and brand conference called the Bubble tank and the brands include pepsi home depot ge and others on madison avenue in silicon valley sarah also stars in a bravo tv reality series startup silicon valley co-produced by randy zuckerberg welcome sarah austin how are you today hi thanks for having me bonnie lovely to have you on i know you have a lot to say are you a millennial sarah austin yes i'm a millennial Okay, then we're very interested in what you have to say. By the way, what is it like starring in a Bravo TV reality series? Quickly, fun? Oh, it's so fun. People just love it. Good, and I'm sure you love it too. Let's move on to introduce Haiti Layla Labarang. She's the managing director at FSHN. If you say that all together, 
pretend the vowels are there. It's fashion. It's formerly Bay Fashion Magazine, the largest fashion publication in Northern California. They use a revolutionary approach to connect brands and fashion-conscious consumers by leveraging their strong online presence, which is why Heidi is here, and reach of the fashion community. She's the founder of MyMuseBox.com. This is interesting, a subscription website offering women the opportunity to sample beauty products from international brands, and she donates a portion of the proceeds to fund educational products as projects as well as access to clean water for kids and families in Cameroon and Africa. Welcome. Heidi, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me, Bonnie. Oh, my pleasure. So happy to have you. And tell me something. How's it going with the donations to Cameroon? Is that a successful part of your project? It's going really well. Uh, We will be donating at the end of this year, so we're really excited about that. Wonderful. And we're going to hear from you from the perspective of FSHN. And rounding out the panel right now is Layla Saborian. She's an active lifestyle blogger, and she's the SAP marketing lead on My Runway, SAP's new fashion app. Layla has a background in fashion and marketing. She fluently speaks four languages, and she might tease me with a couple of those today. She holds a master's degree in international relations. What an interesting combination. Layla has presented and moderated panels at UC Berkeley, Fashion Tech Week, Google, the United Nations, and the White House. You get around, lovely Layla. How are you today? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having thank, me. Very excited thanks for to be here joining me. Yes, yes, yes. And the mystery guest who hasn't joined us yet, and we're still hoping she will, of course, is Naima Moran. Mora, the fashion model, fashion technology, she says, have allowed millennials to put ourselves in the spotlight traditionally held for celebrities. We build our own brands, careers, and celebrated public recognition on a global level. I hope Naima Mora joins us. We'll see if she does, and the line is open in case she calls in. By the way, she's on a shoot somewhere in Dominican Republic, so we hope to get her. So, we are going to stretch this segment a little bit, Brad so I have time to get all my guests' voices on the show. Tom Julian Doniger Group talked to me. A celebrity today has more impact and influence as a player in fashion than an award-winning young designer. How did that happen, Tom? Tell me. I think it came to life as the red carpet started to really impact everything from prom dresses to wedding dresses. And I think the climax of that was probably around um, 2000 or so. So in the mm-hmm. last 10, you know, almost 13 years now, we've seen the celebrity go from a fashion plate to creative force to a brand to a megastar, to a style uh, sleuth, so to speak. And, you know, over the years, we've seen a variety of names from Gwen Stefani to Jessica Simpson to Jennifer Lopez uh, all somehow have some stake in retail and the development of a collection. And now we continue to see that evolve and grow. And as I said, you know, there are young designers who are very talented and continue to get accolades and continue to go out there on the trade show scene or present at Fashion Weeks, and they can't get the attention that the celebrity gets because the celebrity has such a platform and such a team of people that it comes to life immediately, quickly, and it does impact at retail. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And I, I want to bring in Tom, and for all the panelists, I found a quick article on a website called brandamplitude.com. And believe it or not, this was a notes from an MBA brand strategy class at the University of Notre Dame, and this article goes back to January 2010. And uh, they polled the people in the class to find out what makes iconic brands for the millennial generation. How do brands become icons? And interestingly enough, let me just read this quote from a woman named Catherine, and then we'll move to you, Greg. She says, our generation seems to value instantaneous information and the opportunity for everyone's brand to be infamous. When 
considering something in our society that does this, I immediately thought of UrbanDictionary.com. Why? The tagline was written to resonate with the millennial generation. Quote, Urban Dictionary is the dictionary you wrote. Define your world. And she says it doesn't get much more appealing to our generation than that. Very interesting. We could have had her on the show as well. So let's move to Greg Gerard, IDC Retail Insights. You say, Greg, get off the catwalks. Get on the sidewalks. See what's coming next. Pinterest is the newest sidewalk. And guess who's on it? Everyone, including Lowe's Home Improvement. How did Lowe's get there? Why are they there? What are they hoping to gain? Greg Gerard? Yeah, well, Lowe's is differentiating itself from the Home Depot by appealing to more the fascist conscience consumer who's you know building out a lifestyle and so forth as it's reflected in their built environment in their home. But you know, I want to go back to the interesting quote you just read about the Urban Dictionary, right? The mm-hmm. point there is that it's the dictionary you wrote. And I think fashion is a something that people participate in. It's got to be a two-way street today. There's dialogue amongst consumers, amongst bloggers as well as, you know, um between all of those participants and um the brands, people today are overloaded with information, and mm-hmm. they need a place to absorb it. That's why I'm talking about uh, Pinterest, sort of a place to absorb it. They also need to participate very fundamentally. Um, people, and millennials especially, uh, want to participate and have a voice. Finally, what Pinterest is about and other forms of social media expression they provide a way to consume the aggregated view of what we call the wisdom of the crowds or, mm-hmm. or, or collective intelligence. You know, for, for the long time, it's been known as the zeitgeist. So mm-hmm. it's a way to uh, calibrate the impressions that you might get from this celebrity or that, that particular news cycle event uh, and to put it in the context of your life and the context of uh, those people whom you esteem and who are influential. Thank you very much, Greg. And, Greg, during the show, I know we're talking about celebrities and icons and millennials and what catches the attention, how to grow your own brand, which is so easy today, or so it seems. I'd like you to bring in something about analytics. We want to tie it back to technology. So I'll count on you to bring that in when we get to the roundtable. Thank you, Greg. Sarah Austin, good. Sarah Austin, pop17.com. You say micro-celebrities, fashion bloggers, and Hollywood celebs are the new trendsetters because they embrace blogging platforms, social media, and photography to build their followers and sell product. Sarah, how long have you been observing micro-celebrities? What do you see at pop17.com? I've been blogging about micro-celebrities for six years. So I've been watching the market and how it's changed and how micro-celebrities are selling products online. Okay. And have you seen any changes in that? And can you define micro-celebrities for us, Sarah? Sure. A micro-celebrity is somebody who has a following, but it's not as big as a, a A-list celebrity. So in traditional media, it still reaches more people. But a micro-celebrity has a following generally based on a particular subject or a particular thing. So they build influence around that category and use different uh, types of media like social media to build that following and that wouldn't be somebody you would see like a d-list celebrity on tv it's a micro celebrity of someone who has more of a cult following Thank you very much. Good to know. I like that term as well. I like those combination words. I think uh, Greg is the one who's omni-channel, and we've got now micro-celebrities. Uh, Heidi 
from FSHN. You say bloggers and photographers with a significant following are celebrities on their own, which follows what we're saying. And you talk about rubbing shoulders with the bloggers in the first row at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. Tell us, what is Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week? Do they show fancy cars? Do they show fashions? Do they have their own designers? What is it, Heidi? So Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week is pretty much the one of the largest fashion show in the world. Uh, and it brings together the preeminent you know, fashion designers. And what's really interesting to see on a fashion publication standpoint is really the, to witness that blogging phenomenon. And a couple of years back, I think it was, you know, impossible to find someone that was not a fashion publication on the first row of Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. While nowadays, you know, if Mercedes-Benz is any um, – sort of any indication of who's who in the fashion industry, uh, you really see that the opinion leaders are sitting first row. And nowadays you find, you know, bloggers and, um, and photographers sitting there right alongside, you know, Anna Wintour or a Glamour magazine or even our magazine. Very interesting. Can you help us get Tom Julian and Greg Gerard tickets to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week to the front row next year? Because I want them there. <laughs> I'll do my best. Bonnie, it's something I attend twice a year, and I will agree with her, and I will say the marketing around uh, these fashion weeks has become very uh, blog-focused. Um, today's ah. Women's Wear Daily announced that Pinterest is doing a fashion hub with a preferred okay. list of partners to spur all the photography from Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. So Fantastic. it is a marketing platform. It is viable, and now the consumer can watch a lot of it online directly. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. And let's squeak in here before we slide into home base for our first break. And we are extending the the segments because of the size of the panel. Layla Saburian from SAP. You say 88% of millennials admit to following every celebrity's move in weeklies and online. To whom are they admitting this, Layla? Is it something that was a well-kept secret and now they're saying, yes, I do? Or is this something that they're just happy to tell you about? They're just happy to tell you about it, and a lot of this also comes from I, insights I gained when I worked for Yahoo. So as you know, Yahoo um, is one of the top uh, search engines in the world, and part of my job was to analyze uh, the, the most searched for items, you know, and we would do like weekly, monthly, and annual, like who was the most uh, top search person and what, you know, what are the key terms associated with that search. So what was really shocking to me was the year that, you know, Steve Jobs passed uh, passed away, God bless his soul, um, you know, I was sure that Steve was going to be like number one, right, <laughs> on the mm-hmm. stock, at least for that day, for that week, for that month, uh, for the year. So can you guys guess who was number one or, or the top five? No, tell it, us. Yeah, so I de- Steve didn't make it to the top five. And, um, you know, to my surprise, well, I, I should say not, not surprised, uh, but Kim Kardashian and Jessica Simpson and people were obsessed. Like that the same week that Steve Jobs wow. died, you know, millennials were obsessed with what, what you know, I don't remember if um, Jessica had just has, was pregnant or had just had the baby, but, you know, it was related to her pregnancy or after birth outfit. So that was more interesting <laughs> for the millennials than, and, you know, any of the other, um, like, key events in the world. So. Very interesting. The Kardashians yeah. with the K and ability to make money if they sneeze to the left and, and, and hiccup to the right, they're going to get it in the papers and make money. And I think it was Jessica's mom jeans might have been what caught everybody's attention and their terrible fashion dismay. Tisk 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 on Jessica Simpson. Anyway, you know what? We're at our first break. We're just pushing and moving along here. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP, show number 100. We're live. It is Wednesday, August 
August 28th, where is the summer going? Where is the year going? And we're talking today about millennials and fashion. Our topic is fashion retailer alert. Delight your millennials or die. Part two. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back. Everybody's going to take a quick swig of water or whatever they're drinking. When we come back, I'm going to ask my panel, what's in your cup today? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Brad, take us out. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and they don't call us Coffee Break for nothing. We want to find out what our guests are drinking. Let's have a little hint into what what is really getting going for the day for Tom Jolene from the Doniger Group. Kick this off for me. Tom, what are you drinking today, or what do you want us to think you're drinking. Nope, Bonnie, I'm just having a simple herbal tea, plain, simple, nothing in it. What flavor? Come on, it's got to have a flavor, Tom. Chamomile. Thank you. Okay, that's the fashion herb for the day is chamomile. I love it. And do you put it nothing in it, just plain? On occasion, I'll do honey, but you know, it's a little late here, so I'm just keeping it clean. Okay, in a mug or a cup, a paper cup, a takeout? It's from the perfect deli around the corner. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you, Tom Julian, and hello to the Perfect Deli. Greg Gerard, IDC Retail Insights. What are you drinking this morning, Greg? Well, just coffee now, but earlier in the day after I got finished with my uh, 6 a.m. workout, I uh, found some infused water at the cafeteria here, uh, pineapple cucumber infused water. And I asked the uh, chef in the back, and she told me how to make it, and it's real simple, and I'm going to go home and make some for tomorrow morning. Pineapple, cucumber, interesting. Would you send the recipe or would you post it on Twitter at hashtag SAP Radio, please, so we can share it? Gladly. We'd love it. That sounds very fashionable, very cool. Sarah Austin, pop17.com. What are you drinking today, Sarah? What gets you going in the morning or at the break time? I'm drinking Neuro Water. It's vitamin-infused water, and they have different types of flavors. So Neuro Daily. It's like helps your immune system. Okay, good. And what's the flavor of the day? What's what's your favorite for today, Sarah? It's called Neuro Daily. It helps boost your immune system. It's like a tangerine kind of flavor. That's what I was going for, tangerine. So we've got a little bit of uh, pineapple before and cucumber. Now we got tangerine. I like these very colorful flavors. Thank you. And Heidi Labarang from FSHN. What are you drinking today? I'm having lemonade, Bonnie. I love. Uh, passion lemonade, that's what I'm having. 
And did you make it yourself, or did it come in a brand bo- branded bottle that everybody can get? No, I actually made it myself. Very cool. How many parts lemon versus sugar, and what kind of water? So I just use regular water, actually passion tea bag, and some sugar. Very nice. Very, very nice. And let's get to Layla Saburian. Layla, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Ovaltine today. Are you, do you know what that is? I do, yeah. but I don't. I, you actually put it on Twitter. <laughs> Tell everybody what Ovaltine is. Okay, because so Ovaltine was originally concocted by the Swiss chemist um, George Wander, and it's a nutritional supplement for those in need of some rounded diet. And it was, you know, originally malt extract. But, of course, it didn't taste that appealing. So in the 19th century, the British, uh, British of all the people, decided <laughs> to make it more tasteful. So they added chocolate to it. And now it's this um, internationally beloved drink. And, and, so, and I'm drinking it today because coffee makes me a little bit nervous. So I want it to be on my best <laughs> during well, the Well, you today. are on your best. Ovaltine, what a, what a brand from the past. Tom, do you remember it? Greg, do you remember it? I do. Yes. Uh, I, I do. do. I do. I do, too. The millennials probably don't know it, but they don't have I a clue. Ovaltine. You do? I put it in my, yeah, I put it on top of my ice cream. Mm. Oh my goodness! Dry or do you do you li- liquefy it first? Well, yeah, or just, no, you I'll, use... I'll eat it dry. I'll put it in milk on top of ice cream. Everything. I oh. think we just found a resurgence of the old, old, old <laughs> Ovaltine. This is hysterical. Millennials embracing Ovaltine. I'm smiling. We have a note here from Malcolm. He says, I can't keep up with this fast-paced panel. He had to slam down another cup of Phil's coffee. Whew. <laughs> Malcolm is tweeting his little heart out here on, on Twitter. Please, everybody, if you're listening, you know anybody who's listening, join us on hashtag SAP Radio. We'd love to see you. I think, uh, Layla, we've got My Runway app is tweeting and Malcolm Kimberlin and a couple of others. So Thank you. Now, what? guess what? It's time for our roundtable. Let's get serious. Let's take a deep dive. I want to kick it off with Tom Julian, who was our first speaker in the opening. Tom says, and I'm very intrigued by this, Tom says he was a style expert for Oscar.com for the Academy Awards for 15 years. Tom says the majority of the news, the trends, the buzz was embraced by millennials and women all over the world. So talk to me, Tom. What was that experience like being a style expert? What did you actually do? Well, again, Bonnie, it was creating the photo galleries on Oscar.com as well as uh, kind of tracking the news and then putting out the various re- red carpet reports, the trend reports, and the uh, recaps the day after. And this, you know, job kind of had different cycles and different ebbs and flows. And I said we went from getting all the information all the time from everyone under the sun because it was such an organic, natural thing to getting no information and to being uh, left second-guessing it then to seeing the art of the deal come to life because you started to realize celebrities had so many uh, hidden agendas with so many different companies that, oh, this person is talking about their beauty because they have a beauty contract. This person is talking about their jewelry because they have a jewelry contract. This person is talking about the gown for the designer and then the shoes because of the shoe designer. And so today it's very purposeful. It's very impactful. It is very influential, and it's very coveted and very expensive to play in this dressing the celebrity space. Very, very, very. And talk to me about the uh, the aspect of luxury. Are the millennials aspiring to have the jewels, the gowns, the furs, the shoes, the bags, whatever it is that's in those goodie bag, gift bags that the celebrities at the Oscar ceremony are yeah, having Bonnie, backstage? Yeah. Some of our Doniger reports, we put out uh, monthly reports. One on millennials and luxury, they place Chanel as the number one brand for millennial women, and that millennials are on this increasingly demand for higher quality goods. And uh, when it comes to men, 
49 out of 100 put Mark Jacobs at the top of the prestige list. So they're very savvy, very in tune, and as some of our other panelists pointed out, very connected through social media platforms. Very interesting. And I'm imagining aspirational. I know they're young. I want to know where they're getting their money. Let me ask Greg Gerard from IDC Retail Insights. Greg, where are the millennials, these super affluent, affluent up the scale to super affluent, where are they getting their money? They're young. Are they born into well-to-do families? Do they have side jobs? Where's, where's the spendable cash coming from? Do, you, do we know that, Greg Gerard? Well, that's an interesting, real interesting question. You, you mentioned the word aspirational. So mm-hmm. preferences and so forth can express. Uh, express an aspiration as well as a spending uh, pattern or spending intent. The other side of this is there's this notion of affordable luxury. A couple consulting groups have done work with that. And uh, luxury is becoming democratized, and and Mm -hmm. people are buying pieces of luxury um, at a, a more affordable level rather than a luxurious lifestyle writ large that the Kardashians might have. So luxury is taking on a, a different uh, notion and, and sense here. You know, but it's not just luxury, right? I mean, the set of values that millennials bring to the table uh, uh, extend beyond that. It was really interesting when, when Heidi mentioned uh, her work at uh, Cameroon and the water projects there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, I have four millennials, millennial children, my eldest millennial uh, went to Cameroon and volunteered oh. there for uh, for six months uh, as a nurse uh, in in the bush, uh, oh, wow. and um, infused and, and driven by driven by by a set of values that really inform her life and and how she's going to allocate her her money. And I don't think she's going to be spending on those kind of rants. Very interesting. I was going to bring up the tie between what you were talking about because here in your notes before the show, Greg, you told me millennials are interested in more than celebrities. They care a lot about things. CSR, which we know is corporate social responsibility. You talk about the Pakistani garment factory tragedy. Millennials care. They react. And I was going to tie that to what Heidi said. So, Heidi, why don't we bring you in here? What's your thought in terms of going back and forth between our topic of fashion in terms of the spending power, the fashion drive? the fashion make-or-break power of the millennials, your generation, and social responsibility. Where is that nexus? Where do they come together? I mean, I think um, nowadays especially, um, you know, just being very um, corporate, like the corporate world really understands or the retailers understand that in order for them to, um, to, to reach to the millennials, they have to understand that we are very um, – you know, the social or their social aspect is very important for us as well. Um, I think a lot of the businesses now realize that when they do give a part of their proceeds to charity, it does elevate them, I think, at, you know, at some point. And uh, it does pique the interest of the millennials. Very interesting. I want to bring Sarah. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. I want to bring Sarah Austin into this. Sarah, I have uh, some extra notes from you before the show. You say you grew up on the forefront of the millennial generation, and you're a voice of what you like to call the lost generation. Here's the interesting part. You say at a time where the economy is in recession, millennial shoppers look for discounts and ways to creatively embrace emerging trends without breaking their bank account. So this goes back, Sarah, to what I was asking uh, Greg and Tom, this affluence, this top-of-the-line, very expensive brands. How are millennials getting around it, from your observation, Sarah, at Pop17? How are they affording it? Tell me. Well, I mean, I, I don't really I don't really know, like, what it was like maybe 20 years ago to buy this stuff, but at least for me, I grew up 
buying Fendi, Prada, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, everything. And it was always something where you'd go hunt for those deals. So ah. you would find them in really unique places. Like you wouldn't really mind getting them secondhand at a consignment store. And it was, it was more like a finder's sort of bragging rights to your friends where you, you know, you say like, oh, I got this, but I got this on a, on a deal or I got this here. So no one, I don't think out of my friends respects too much the person who will go and spend on all of that stuff brand new out of the store as much as the person who um, can go search for it, hunt it down and find it. Um, but, you know, everyone does really care about having at least something in season on their on their person. So, you know, and I'm not saying like that I'm disconnected from the millennials that are doing community service and engaging like in Cameroon or wherever. Um, you know, I volunteer about like 10 hours a week of my time doing really? um, community service coding classes for kids. And, you know, I'm not going to wear my Lubus, but I'll wear a cute pair of kit heads and like maybe a Chanel bracelet or something. Very interesting. I'm, I'm finding some linkage between your generation and mine. I'm a baby boomer and <laughs> proud of it, actually, always. And um, interesting, you talk about being proud of the finds and where you found the best buy and, and maybe even secondhand or did you follow it on a sale. Very interesting. The point is that they want what they want, but they're willing to go around the corner and find it somewhere else so it will fit their budget, which tells me they're responsible. I want to bring in but, but Layla. Funny, Greg, yeah. Can I just jump in yeah. for Sure, please. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those last comments really spoke to the notion of the treasure hunt, right? And that's experiential, and it's it's the process of buying, the experience of buying, I think, which fulfills some aspirations and uh, psychic rewards. The second thing I want to talk about is the orientation to value. You know, coming Mm -hmm. out of what now has been called the Great Recession, uh, people understood, and even, you know, in those places, the Upper East Side of New York, conversations that got characterized as cheap chic. So it became very fashionable to talk about the deal you got uh, mm-hmm. or the coupons you used. And, and, and I yes. think the last comments really spoke to that. So there's a value orientation uh, in, in, in this group uh, driving that notion of affordable luxury. And, guys, that's, right. what's, that's what really created the opportunity for the uh, luxury discounters as well as the flash sale sites as well as the second-hand stores and the affinity for vintage products or even eBaying it. So that, that has allowed a lot of access to a lot of products today. Exactly right. And I'm also familiar with the term, Greg, shabby chic, in, in addition to cheap chic, on eBay. I was selling for many years, and as a buyer of vintage costume jewelry, I'll tell you what I have picked up at what prices are just absolutely amazing Sometimes 40, 50 pieces of really outstanding-looking, showy, good-quality jewelry for 30, 40 bucks for the whole box. Yeah. It's a treasure hunt. I've got to tell you, it's amazing. I have a different something for every day of the week, and it's so affordable. So that's very interesting. I want to bring Layla in before we have four minutes in this segment, and we are stretching our segments today for everyone. Layla, I want to talk to you a little bit about what your your expectations are, your expectations of the millennials, and what 
about this My Runway app? What is it doing to foster this sense that we can enjoy our affluence, but even if we don't have it, we can try things, we can be part of, like we said, Urban Dictionary, writing your own dictionary, writing your own fashion, creating your own celebrities. Talk to me, Layla. So I think, you know, with, uh, with Instagram, Twitter, Vine, Facebook, millennials now seem to know everything about celebrities, maybe even too much, right? They, they follow what they wear, what they eat, with whom they are going out with, and Pinterest is offering something a bit different, uh, which is, you know, what clothes do they like, what places do they want to visit, and their favorite coats. And then with, uh, with the emergence of applications like My Runway, it's really taking this to the next step. And, and I think that's the future we're headed towards. Because my, my, my runway, you know, it, it, you know, tells you like, okay, what the celebrity is wishing for. So it's really like a whole new dimension that we're adding in. And what are they adding to their wish list? You know, what do they convert from a wish, wished for item to actually when they buy it? When do they have, you know, that purchase uh, item bought? And I think, you know, with all the points we spoke about, more and more the definition of the celebrity is changing and the kind of people consider celebrities are, you know, a lot of them are self-made celebrities, our, our top celebrities, you know, on my runway um, includes Sarah Austin. You know, people people love to mm-hmm. see, you know, what this girl who's all about technology and, you know, is a local girl from Silicon Valley, but she still cares about fashion. So they can relate to her more maybe than, you know, um, the, the real celebrities on, or the A-list celebrities. So some of our favorite celebrity, celebrities on my runway are Naima Mora, again, because she is a self-made celebrity. She won America's Next Top Model, and, right. and so they can relate to her. It's, it's tangible for them. And you know, the other celebrities are like Stephanie Rouse from Still Little Jungle, Jennifer from Just Add Glam, Elise from, you know, What a Fabulous um, blog. And, um, and I think everyone, more and more millennials, want to be treated like a celebrity in their shopping experience. So they want to be able to walk into store and because of their social influence, because of how they have the power they have to influence their friends on what's cool and what's hot, they expect the store owners to treat them in that way. Um, and that's where I, and, and that's where we're headed. Like more and more if, if retailers want to succeed, they have to be able to deliver that royalty feeling to the average user and, and to recognize their, you know, their worth as a celebrity because every one of us is, you know, can be a celebrity, and I think that's kind of where the future is headed. And every one of us has a voice because of the social world and social media. It's right there on your iPhone, on your iPad, on whatever device you're carrying. You can say anything. Quick question. We're just about at break. Layla, how vocal mm-hmm. are millennials? You go into a store, you do not get that royal treatment. You are ignored. Mm-hmm. Or you have a sassy, not in a good way, sassy saleswoman, mm-hmm. salesman who it was a little bit, eh, they look down at you like, oh, you can't afford to be. We all know that's been an old-time experience in the bigger stores in New York, at least for me, way back when. So the question mm-hmm. is, what do they do? Do they get on, on Instagram? Do they get on, they take a picture and say, this is a nasty salesperson, don't shop here. Do they go on Twitter and they say, avoid this store? How do they make their feelings known in this instantaneous make my own celebrity generation? Quickly. Layla? Yeah, they, they do all of the above, Bonnie. They, if they're active, they go and they, they, you know, write a tweet, they put the fail hashtag, they let the whole world know. And if, and it's funny, if they don't have, they don't feel they have their own, their social influence is that strong, they reach out to the bloggers who do have that influence and they say, hey, I had this experience. Do you mind blogging about it for me? You know, I have a lifestyle blog and people have approached me for those situations. You know, they're like, you know, I went to the Dior store and I, I, you know, I really wanted this bag, but the store person made me feel, you know, 
horrible. Can you blog about my experience? Because I don't, you know, I don't want to put my name out there. Will you do it for me? So, yeah. Definitely. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear somebody speaking up, and I'm dismayed. It's like, well, where's the, you know, we used to call it etiquette, but I don't know. There isn't any anymore. You know what? We're at our break. When we come back, it's time for the predictions. I'm going to ask Tom Julian from the Doniger Group, Greg Gerard from IDC Retail Insights. I said it, Greg. Sarah Austin from Pop17.com. Heidi, Heidi Labarang from FSHN Fashion. I can say it. And Layla Saburian from SAP My Runway App. I'm going to ask you to polish off that crystal ball. You can even tell me what kind of crystal it is. Aha, aha. And tell us, predict ahead for five years. What will this topic be like? Millennials and retailers and Greg, remember, bring in something about analytics. I'm dying to know. We'll be right back. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham, and I'm still a baby boomer and proud of it. Brad, take us away. Out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to coffee break with game changers and let's see. I think I have a little message for my Game Changer listeners. Hey, if you're a retail industry game changer, do you know the keys to retail differentiation? Well, you're learning a lot about the millennials on this show today. But I've got an ebook for you. Go to any of the banners on our site. Look for the coffee cup on Voice America, World Talk Radio, the Business Channel. Click any. Go to our page and click any banner. You go to a page with a lot of freebies. Look for the ebook titled Transform Your Big Data into Big Value for the Retail Industry. My gift to you. So another gift for you, my listeners, is the time for predictions now. So we've been polishing off the crystal ball. Tom Julian from the Doniger Group. What kind of crystal? What do you see in that crystal ball, Tom? Share with us. Let's go ahead five years if you can look that far out, Tom. Yeah, Bonnie, I think what we're going to see is the millennial affecting the world of online retailing and probably becoming a celebrity in their own right and having global impact in a variety of ways and probably creating new product categories as a result of it. So just as we see big names collaborating in unique ways in department stores, we may see a whole new uh, world of retailing thanks to these millennials collaborating with local artisans, with celebrity cachet, and all of a sudden there's a new type of flea market or a new type of retail experience. 
The one thing that we found is that these young individuals are very expressive. They do know how to harness the power of social media, and they're very smart at being entrepreneurs and selling things. So I think there will be a lot more new business models and a variety of ways to experience products as well as services from them. Very interesting, Tom. And do you see the millennials growing up in any ways different from who they are right now? Will they remain as social? Will they have that iPhone, that iPad, that that Android at the ready if they're not treated like royalty, as Layla so aptly put in our last segment? Will they will they still be that reactive? Yeah, no, they're they're going to be reactive based upon what technology they have and how they evolve that technology. I think they will give up on certain things and they'll move on to other things. So, you know, it won't be just the Facebook platform anymore. We're already hearing about Vine and video and what that video can do for the purchasing behavior. So I have a feeling we're going to have a Vine shopping experience uh, thanks to millennials. And there will be probably many more technologies like that. Interesting. That's what I was looking for. And, Tom, one more thing since we have plenty of time in the segment. Question for you. What kind of jobs are these millennials getting? What are they looking for? Do they want to all be in fashion? Can't possibly be that. Where are they going? Are you going to see them in in strategic business development like you are for the Doniker Group? Where are they going? Bonnie, I think there are three areas. Because of reality TV, they've all understood what the world of fashion design and retailing is, and they all want to be some form of a creative guru. And I think there's number one, creative guru. Two, I think the digital world allows them all to have a voice and to somehow express that voice, whether it's through photography or the written word. And again, whether it's the blog or whether it's the social media site, they will all be connected to that and they'll all have a career from that. And then the third world that I keep hearing is more just the straight artist, which basically becomes the stylist. And so many young people today want to emulate, uh, I'm just going to put it out there, Rachel Zoe. Mm-hmm. And I think the Rachel Zoe world now is retail and branded. It is media and information. It is celebrity and red carpet. And we will probably have a whole other generation of Rachel Zoes as the celebrity world evolves, too. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. I wanted to push you because I knew there were a lot of gems in there in that crystal ball. What kind of crystal is it, Tom? Did you tell me? <laughs> crystal, come on, let's come see. On. Uh, it, 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 uh, you know, really, my crystal is consumer with competitive with cultural insights. That's the combination that it takes to get the right answer today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Greg Gerard. IDC Retail Insights Crystal Ball, and we want to hear a little bit about the role of analytics in all this because we're talking about it from one side of the of the fashion sure. stage, the millennials. But what's happening on the other? Let's talk uh, from the perspective of what kind of retail technology does the retail industry need to cope with these millennials' vocalness? Yeah, so let me just ahead, step Greg. in. Uh, the couple of comments that Tom just made. There's an ex- yeah. and others that there's an explosion of celebrities, right? And mm-hmm. so the, the, the noise and chatter out there is increasing. But in all that noise and chatter, there are signals that uh, good retailers with, right a- with good analytics you know, can, can discern and, and hone in on. Um, so there's much greater risk you know, with these celebrities uh, flashing up and microbloggers and um, uh, uh, other, other celebrities coming on. And folks are, you know, forming in these self-forming communities that come together and they break apart. So the, the trends are um, multiplicating and they're also um, mo- moving much, much faster. So this ups the ante, right, and creates mm-hmm. a lot more risks for, for retailers and brands. Now, analytics can be applied against that business problem, right? Mm-hmm. So um, 
there's a lot of data out there in the social uh, media world. And now a lot of that, or nearly all of that, is unstructured data and uh, natural language uh, data, uh, English uh, or whatever language. And, but there are technologies that can parse that uh, d- uh, language and discern what it's discern meaning, uh, intent, um, attitude, uh, strength of opinion, and things like that, which then can be aggregated up and looked at from a brand's point of view as what's moving and what's happening now. And they can use that in two ways. One way is to drive that back into, say, product development uh, to get a signal on what's going on. They can also use it for uh, intervention into a particular uh, millennial's concerns, like, like we've heard about a millennial who might be disgruntled by the ill treatment by, by, a, uh, by an associate. There's another type of data out there that is structured data, right? And more and more uh, different uh, forms of structured data are out there. So there's metadata behind every picture that's been taken with a digital camera. And mm-hmm. if you don't turn your location services off on your phone, the latitude and longitude at where you took that picture, right, is available for anyone to, to look at. So what could a retailer do, do with that? Well, they could start driving it into localization, right, that this trend is, you know, uh, really the people who are talking about this, tweeting about this, you know, wearing this, uh, posting about it, they're in San Francisco, or they're in New York, or they're in Hong Kong, right, or they're in Paris, or so- somewhere else. And, uh, and then how is that trending over time, and where is that going next? And that's really important for dealing with localization of merchandise, uh, for dealing with rebuys and repurchases, and uh, directing uh, those goods uh, to uh, stores and doors. Thank you very much, Greg. Appreciate the overview. A lot of good intelligence there. Sarah Austin, Forbes.com, Pop17.com, reality series on Bravo, Startup Silicon Valley. Okay, Sarah, what do you predict? Let's, let's go five years. Can you see that far in the crystal ball, Sarah? And what's going to happen to these millennials, their affluence, uh, startups in the millennials, celebrities who are now not quite celebrities? Where is it going, Sarah? Well, I think to sort of, you know, to tail on to the data part is, you know, you see more of a long tail, so it's harder to approach, um, like, just one celebrity. You have to get a whole bunch of them. And you're you're able, as a brand, to get a bunch of data information on their behaviors, what they like, what they don't like, what's trending. And so I predict that brands are going to create more um so I think they're going to interface more with developers to mm-hmm. give them robust APIs about every single store location and information about their product line. I think that they're going to embrace that the curtain has been lifted and that it's no longer an exclusive event and stuff you can only see at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, but actually release their products before they hit the runway at Fashion Week to certain selected stylists like the Rachel Zoes of the world. And I think that they're going to use that data for inventory and figuring out, like, where to place things inside of, like, local merchandising stores based on demand of influencers in that given area. And I think they're going to be so smart using all this technology that they're going to be able to sell and push products off the shelves 
and really like dictate like the future trends. Like so, whatever they're putting out, um, you know, may or may not even make it to the shelves based on what those influencers say. So I think that the millennials and and these influencers and people like like Rachel Zoe, um will have a larger impact on fashion retailers working directly with the brands than we've ever seen celebrities do or anyone else ever. So it's going to be a big game-changing moment. I think it's starting to happen right now. But, Thank you, you know, very so, much, Sarah. Oh, yep. Sure. I, I need to divide the time because we're almost out of time. That was great. Thank you very much. Great insights. We're going to hold on to those. Let's move to Heidi Labarang from FSHN. Heidi, I can give you about a minute and a half here. Talk to me. What do you see? 2018, please. Uh, okay, Bonnie. You know, I really think that the millennials are going to be, you know, more and more demanding, and they're going to be looking for retailers to have more of a corporate social responsibility, right? So I think the challenge will be there. It's going to be for the retailers to find uh, the winning equation, really, and, um, you know, keeping the interest while channeling, you know, all the noise that's out there. Okay. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. And that leaves time for Layla Saburian from My Runway, SAP's new fashion app. Layla, what do you see? 2018, how far can you see in your crystal ball, please? Um, I want to say, first of all, I, I totally agree with Sarah and Greg. I think analytics are going to be key. And a lot of what Sarah mentioned is actually already possible with My Runway. We, you know, we have um, brought in technology to enable users to see where is the closest store, when are they having a sale on the, on the products you like and the brands you love. Um, I think retailers and brands will be able to harness the combined power of mobile, social, cloud, analytics, and in-memory database capabilities to make big data work in their advantage. So brands will increase their participation in the collective conversation through applications like My Runway and with millennials and celebrities and will turn insights into actions in real time. And I do agree with Heidi that corporate social responsibility is going to be key because that is also one of the number one requests we get from My Runway. They're like, you know, when you provide us the brand info, can you please let us know what they're doing? as far as corporate social responsibility. Have they, you know, have they helped uh, a country in Africa? Are they taking action to make sure that their products are, you know, not made in a sweatshop? So I see that request more and more, and that's really delightful to see. So I'm excited about 2018. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you all for looking deep into the crystal ball. Some really great insights. Nobody else has this collection of people all thinking together, and I appreciate it. Let me do my predictions. I've got them written down, so they're really easy. September 4th, could it be Labor Days next week? OMG. We're going to cover the topic of 24-7 connectivity. It's called by some people the Internet of Everything, featuring special guest author Don Peppers and SAP's own Benjamin Wesson. On September 11th, we're going to talk about how to engage your customer. This is for all industries. Not just, we're off retail for a while. How consumer and social data support a good marriage of the industry and their customers. Starting September 10th, exciting news. We're debuting a brand new mini-series. It will be on Tuesdays, not Wednesdays, Tuesdays at noon, New York time. And it will be called HR Trends with Game Changers. What a great topic set we have coming up. And also look on the uh, schedule for the Coffee Cup for Financial Excellence with Game Changers, our CFO series that's now on demand. Special thank yous and big hugs to Tom Julian, Greg Gerard, Sarah Austin, 
Heidi Labarang and Layla Saburi. And you were wonderful guests. Great insights. Thank you so much. And shout outs to the people who helped put the show together. Layla, you've been wonderful to work with. Thank you. Tom Red, I see you. I see you on Twitter. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining with us and helping support us. And Lee Gong from SAP who was on last week also with my runway. Appreciate all of your kind words and your help. And Malcolm Kimberlin, my co-producer. And Brad and the Business Channel team. Brad, you rock your role. And thank you to Brad Comer at Voice America World Talk Radio for suggesting the topic of millennials and celebrities. Great topic. Okay, kids, here's my shout-out. Put your seatbelt on. Fasten your seatbelt one more time. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for the 100th episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. See you next week. Happy Labor Day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com